Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. I'm Sai, and uh, on the channel, you can find pretty much anything you like. Podcast interviews, content on mental health, football, music, films, wrestling, TV. Anything you want, we've got it. Uh, today's guest is part of the Tenors of Rock. You've seen him on X Factor, and uh, now rest in Vegas, Di Richards. Thanks for coming on, Di. No worries, Brad. No worries at all. It's all good, mate. I know. I finally nags you, like it pins you down. <laughs> That's my fault. That's definitely my fault. But no, pleasure to be on. Good. We'll go on. We'll start with the like the tennis rock and stuff. Did you um? Do you always want to do like singing and? No. No, not at all. I, I started, um, I didn't start singing until I was 18, 17 years old. I was a saxophone player first. That's what I grew up doing, was playing sax. Um, I don't know if you remember, I was very small in school, so I didn't, uh, I was good at sports, but I was way too small to play them at a decent level. I was always way too small. Um, so my mum, my mum was a music teacher, and I grew up playing the saxophone from the age of five, and I was always going to go and do that. And I was after, I was planning on going to, Leeds to study jazz and become a professional saxophone player and then I just started singing. My brother started doing shows and he got more attention off girls so I thought that looked like the right thing to do. Um, uh, and then I, yeah, I started to sing and luckily I was musical enough and I was good at it and I went to acting college and I went into that first before Tennis of Rock. We had, had a, a, a career in that first. Cool. This, um yeah, it's like a really unique idea, though, isn't it? Like, tenors of rock is like operatic singing for like rock songs. I love it. I do, and like I've never watched a minute of X Factor, but uh, I watched like your segments doing it, which was a bit mad seeing you guys on there. But um, just before we go to X Factor, how did you guys get started? You're all from like all over the place. Like you're not all from like Cardiff and no, Wales. No. You're all. Yeah, we uh, basically, it's always a misconception. We're not quite quite described like that. None of us are opera singers. We're all rock singers. We just, it's just, the way you've got to think of it is it's a band with five front men. That's what it is. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not doing it in a theatrical way. We all have a theatrical background, but we're all, we've all been in rock bands individually through our careers anyway. But we all started, um, <clears throat> we, all, we all used to play football against each other in London. Um, my brother, uh, I'd known a few of the boys for a while, and we'd all either played football against each other, or we'd done backstage work together in different theatres. But yeah, that my brother just had this idea, and and we were there at the beginning, and it, and it just kind of evolved from that. And we did, we managed to get one gig with <clears throat> with uh, David Hasselhoff in London. That was surreal. 
Uh, we oh, that must have been weird. Nice, lovely guy. He's a monster of a man. He's about six foot seven. He's huge. Um, lovely fella. He, he gave us an opportunity. And his managing company came up to us and said, well, what are you? What is this thing? Like, you know. And then we did a few little gigs and we didn't, we were to and fro in through things. And we were all, I was still in We All Rock You in London. Some of the boys were still in shows. Um, we did a different, another gig in London before that as well. But then we just, uh, managed to get onto some cruise ships. We started doing some of that. We were traveling around everywhere and we just go on for a week. We'd come back off, um, you know, testing what worked and didn't work. And we actually played uh, Hyde Park. We played uh, the 2012 Olympics in, in Hyde Park in London. They had loads of stages. They had a big main stage. They had a bunch of little ones. And we, we got asked to play one of the really small ones to about 20, 30 people. <coughs> it was only like our third gig third or fourth gig together and uh, at the time it was seven of us so we were all packed onto this really small stage and um, the guy who was the entertainment manager of Live Nation at the time was at the bar drinking a, drinking a glass of wine he said what are you guys doing next week do you want to support McFly on the main stage I was like yeah of course no problem and, and we couldn't get we got paid a pound for security reasons uh, or insurance reasons um, and yeah, we had, to, we had to fight to get days off. I wasn't meant to be having a day off. I threatened to quit my job because it was in front of like, this number has grown over the years, by the way, but I think it was about 75,000 people. We say it's about 400,000 people by this point, but <laughs> about 80,000, 75,000 people there. There was people as far as you could see. It was incredible. Um, so yeah, we supported them. We, we went out and it was, it was amazing watching kids singing along to Whitesnake and... Guns N' Roses and Bon Jovi and all that stuff. And mm. yeah, it was an amazing experience. And then at that point, we all kind of felt that what we were doing, it was worth the risk to move away from. I went straight to the Dominion Theatre in London, which holds about 2,000 people. It was a packed show. And I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to, I want to, that was my dream for a very long time, being that musical. And then I, it just like, I want to be in a, I want to do this thing now. And, and it kind of progressed from there. We did get offered, a, we got offered, a lot of this going on. We got offered a, a recording deal in Germany. That didn't end up happening. But at that point, I just wanted to go. I wanted to leave. So we started doing some stuff. We started, um, like I said, doing some cruise ships. And we did a tour in Germany. And we did some bits and bobs. And, and one of the producers from, X, uh, from Britain's Got Talent um, got hold of us and said, we've never had a rock band before. Um, would you like to try out? And, and none of us wanted to because we know how it works. We've been in the industry long enough to know how, how not false, because it is, it does happen. It's not scripted. It's just pushed in certain ways, um, depending on how yeah. the public like. And, and it's a TV program. It's entertainment. It's not a competition. It's a TV program. Uh, people forget that when they're watching. You know, they think what their opinion matters. It, it doesn't. It's a TV program. It's, it's got an outcome, and it's going to finish that way, whether you like it or not. But... Um, so we went on, we did go, because he was in Cardiff. He was recording in the Millennium Centre. They said, just go to the audition. You don't have to queue up. We'll walk you straight in. Um, you're invited. You don't have to sit, stand there for hours. It's like, all right, well, let's just go and have a go. Because if, if you do well, it's, it's really good exposure. You know, you've got, you got to think of it. Oh, God, John. So we did it, and we sang. I can't remember the song we sang, but it was Simon Cowell, um, Sharon Osbourne, uh, David Walliams, and Blonde Lady. can't remember her name. Amanda something, Amanda Holden. Talisa. 
Amanda, Amanda Holden. Amanda Holden. And um, we did it, and we had a standard ovation by everyone. Everyone stood up. Uh, Simon Cowell said he didn't really get it. Uh, but we got <laughs> So we went off. We went off stage, and Anton Dex said, how do you feel? How do you feel? Are you gonna get it? Maybe you're going to get to go and sing for the Queen. And one of our boys, Johnny, who was, he's from Pontypool. He's straight down the line. He said, um, he said, well, we all poo out the same hole, don't we? We waited a few weeks. We had to go to London to do this whole thing of, are you getting through? You're not getting through. And we didn't get through. So then we were like, great, that's going to be on telly and we're going to look stupid. But then we got a phone call the next day from X Factor, same producers, same company that makes both. And he said, listen, we're, we're deleting all your footage from Britain's Got Talent. You won't be on that program. We want you to go on X Factor instead. And said, like, listen, we don't, what if we're not going to get through? Because once you go on television, you can't edit it. You've got no idea how they're going to show it. No. So they bent our arms. Like, listen, you know, come in. We really want you to come in. And it was like, all right, just give it a go. We went into the normal audition. They're like, listen, dress down. Because we're all... Oh, well-dressed guys. We've got good style and we were, you know, in a rock band. So they said, listen, you know, try not to look like you're fin a finished product. I was like, okay. We went in and we sang and Sharon Osbourne, they all had earpieces in, obviously, because they're talking to the producers. Sharon Osbourne said word for word the same that Simon Cowell had said on Britain's Got Talent. Word for word. And we were like, ah, oh, fuck. Now we're going to look stupid. So anyway, we got through. We ended up getting through and we kept getting further and further. And it was like, well... No offence to the kids on there. We were all better singers than they were. So it was just a case of whether they're going to let a rock band of older guys. Yeah. I was 23 at the time, but still a lot older than the 17-year-olds who were there around me. So we kept on going and we knew it wasn't going to be down to the singing because we knew we were better than not being novish about it. But we yeah. actually trained and you know we, we were all very good singers in our own right. So it was a case of whether that's what they wanted or not to make the show. So then it was this tall swap thing. We were live at Wembley Arena and Gary Barlow. And there was three separate girls they put together. One of the girls had actually been in our hotel room the night before asking for advice. Cheeky bitch. Um, and then they, they, ended up swapping, <laughs> they ended up swapping us out. They ended up swapping us out. And it was, we were sitting, I remember sitting there thinking, oh, fuck, you know, what have we done? There's thousands of people. They all started booing because they didn't agree with the decision. We went off and, and Johnny came up with another pearler that Dermot O'Leary said, how do you feel? He went with my hands. Um, and we just, we, it's like, I've got to get out of here. So we got around to the fact we had to keep on, we had to keep up with social media saying that we didn't know what happened. And, and when it, when it aired, we were on like the fourth episode or the fifth episode and they showed us every single week. They showed us out, and I don't, I don't know about you, I don't ever watch them, but I had to watch, because I was like, I don't know when we're going to be on, and we, we knew the outcome, so I ran our social media at the time, and you're going to get a, you know, you're going to get some numbers off it, so I was waiting for that to happen, to be able to, we were going to release, we released a single every time we were on TV, so when people saw us, yeah. they us we, we put a single out on the iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the week we finally got shown, they showed us in the opening credits and it cut to Gary Barlow and he said, that was the worst audition I've ever seen. And it cut to us. And I'm there with my brother, my mum and my dad. And I was like, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. That didn't happen. And this is the danger with this kind of these kind of <laughs> So then they didn't show us till about 25 minutes in and we were all text off all our friends going, shit, what happened? I thought you did quite well. And we were like, what are they going to show? 
on earth are they going to show? And you're there for days. You know, they, they literally break you down. They move you around. They don't feed you to a certain point, And then they kick you out of your hotel room and go back to the same hotel room. It's a nightmare. Hard work on those young kids is, is hard. Um, and it, anyway, we, we looked fine. It was a final day. We didn't come out of it bad. They edited the sound to the point where it wasn't great, but it was, it was whatever. But it was just one of those, those experiences that uh, I'm glad I did. I'd never do again. It was horrible because it's, you know, you've you got to be, you've got to have that sob story. You've got to have that, that thing that goes with it. But literally about a week later, we'd already planned to come to Vegas to do a show in a lounge here at the Palms. And uh, just to see if we could get seen by someone, just to come over and and make our name here, to try to get to know people. So we had a gig in Toronto. We flew from my brother being my brother. I said, well, you know, we're over there. Let's just keep going. We went from Toronto to Vegas. We had probably about $200 between us. We managed to get the hotel rooms paid for because the guy who brought us over was working in one of the hotels. We got comp rooms. We ate in McDonald's every day because we couldn't afford anywhere else. Mm. We walked everywhere. Uber wasn't a thing. We couldn't afford the taxis. Um, so we're like, well, just walk. And, and have you been to Vegas? Have you been to Vegas before? I haven't. No, no. It's on my bucket list, mate. And I... so when you're walking down the strip, you, you go, oh, it's, it's only down there, that hotel. It's not. It's about two miles, three miles away because they're so big. And the way they move the signs in, you know, towards the road, you, you think it's a two-minute walk, and it, and it really isn't. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a long walk. And... And we walked out to the sign and we walked all the way back again. But we, yeah, we, we came out and, and Priscilla Presley came to watch us, Elvis's wife. Nice. And uh, she's, a, she's a recluse and she was a Scientologist. She's not anymore. Don't get me started on those, by the way. Um, uh-huh. she, she came out and some of the press were there and like, well, who are these guys? Why are they, why are they commanding you to come out? And she goes, oh, well, you know, I know these guys. And she knew one of our producers and... So then after that, it was a case of people asking when we were going to come back to Vegas, and he was just trying to find an excuse to get a, to get a non-paid gig, because we couldn't work over here. So it was a case of just trying to set up something that we could come over and do uh, for free. And we did that about two or three times. We came and did a big event, a charity event, and um, luckily for us, the guy who runs entertainment at Caesars Entertainment came to watch us. He said he likes it, he, we should be here. It kind of snowballed after that. We, we were actually on tour in Manila. We were in the Philippines. Uh, we were on an Asian tour. We were meant to be doing um, Macau, Guam, Japan, um, in South Korea. We were going to Russia. And we'd only done two or three of the days. We'd done um, Guam. We'd done Hawaii. And we were in Manila at the time. And they said, we want to offer you Harris on the, on the strip from November 2016. And that was when we were in the middle of our tour. So, so we, we took it. We had to take it. And, and we ended up doing 626 shows at Harris consecutively. And uh, we just moved now to Planet Hollywood. So we're, we're touching on our third year come November. Hi, right, mate. Are you still there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, mate. That was me. That was the connection was breaking a bit, so I was trying to fiddle around and I pressed the wrong button. Sorry, Sorry mate. That's my bad. Sorry, it's because, um, like, so, like I say, I normally do it on my phone, so I was just fiddling. But um, yeah, so, so you were in Manila. 
Yes, we're in Manila and uh, we got a phone call um, asking us if we wanted to open up in Harrah's and that was November 2016, so we had to cancel the rest of our tour. We didn't think we could turn it down. So, And in all these rooms you hear, like Sammy Davis Jr. played at Harrah's, Frank Sinatra played there. You know, there's a lot of history in these rooms and we thought, well, we've got to go for it. And we signed a year deal and we did 626 shows there consecutively, um, which was like... 15 behind Elvis, so we, we only wanted that. We wanted that um, that record. Oh, uh, so we, we just, and, we, and five weeks ago, we opened up in a different room in Planet Hollywood now, so there we are, still going. Okay, so uh, we had a couple of, couple of te- technical issues, but uh, we're back. So, yeah, you were saying about the, um, you took the chance on that place. What was the name of the place? We were at Harrah's, Harrah's, Harris, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hotel. And uh, yeah, now we just moved to Planet Hollywood. We've been there. We were there for just over two years, um, and now we're at Planet Hollywood. And it's a smaller room, but you got to shift around sometimes to make things the longevity of things move on. You know, it's um, it's a great city to be in. It's it's there's a lot more here than people realise. It's uh, you know, I live in a place called Henderson, which is about probably like a fifteen minute drive away from the actual strip. A lot of people think you live on the strip. Mm. Uh, you die if you lived on the strip. Um, I did actually for two two months when we first moved over. We were told categorically that we wouldn't last. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's the home of entertainment. There's like 125 shows a night. There's the clubs. There's the pools. There's the casino floors itself. So there's a lot to fight against. It's not like being in the West End where you have your ten theaters or like the new theater or Sherman Theater. You know, there's yeah everything you want that you want to go on ever you can have. Yeah, so it's difficult then, isn't it? Because you're trying to, like, you're just competing against everything, not even just against similar, similar sort of entertainment, it's everything. 24-hour food and alcohol, there's the weed legal, uh, strip clubs are fine, they're not frowned upon, they're encouraged, you know, it's, it's, there's anything you want to do in a night out you can do here, so... Um, so we were told that, that, that we weren't going to last long. So I was like, well, I'll just I'll stay in the hotel for a month or two and then we'll see what goes on after that. Lo and behold, you know, we're still here. So I was like, well, I can't eat pizza and drink beer every night. I need to, I need to move. So, so I moved around a few times. But me and my, my new fiancé, she's got engaged, um, we, we live in a place called Henderson and it's about 15 minutes away from the Strip. It's lovely. It's all green and... It's, uh, yeah, it's nice. It's, it's, it's far enough away to be where you want to be. And we have mountains here. We've got the lake not far away and so much to do. And then, you know, LA's a four hour, four hour drive. So it's. Um, can't really fault that, mates, can you? No, no, no. The, um, it must be It must be quite cool, though, like the first night at the Baja's going, like, you know, when you've got people like Sammy Davis uh, Jr. and stuff played there, big names with a lot of history. We were. So, you know, on the strip you have, they have, each hotel has its, uh, has its sign outside and, and they're changing all the time. But, you know, when my mum and dad came over that first week and you had the Harris sign and it had, you know, us, our poster on the outside on the strip. And, you know, it, it's, it's a big deal being a headliner, you know. It, it's, um, so one thing we've never realised that, you know, it never made much of a fuss back home, which, I'm not, which is not a problem, but it's like, we're the only X Factor act who's ever gotten a headlining show. We're the only, all that kind of stuff. But whatever, it's fine by me. You know, you have Brexit, I'll have Trump. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. keep it up. 
Um, but no, it was. Yeah, it was amazing. It really was. And and you know, you think how long is this going to last? You know, it, it it's. And here we are, still here, still grinding. So. Got to enjoy while it lasts, mate. Whether it lasts, absolutely. Whether it lasted six months or ten years, twenty it's years, whatever. No. An achievement, yeah. It's hell of an achievement. Um, yeah, and it's been fun. It's been exactly where we wanted to be. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next and what's the next, the next movement for this. It's, um, you know, I've been in it ten years now, and it's 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 been a long time, and I've gone through some. Uh, I, I got injured as we moved over here. <clears throat> my hearing got damaged, <clears throat> so singing is becoming something that's becoming hard work for me. Um, uh, long story short, uh, the audiologist here, the ear guy here, um, you have these in-ear monitors made. So like the headphones you've got now, but they basically would only fit me. You wouldn't be able to wear them. And what they do is they pipe a plastic into your ear and it sets in your ear and they pull it out and it, they send it to the headphone company. So the guy, um, he, did, he disagrees, but he pushed the, the mold through my eardrum and it's still there now in here. My oh, eardrum no here. Over the top, and it's underneath my bones, wrapped right around the bones here at the bottom. So I've lost half my hearing. I have to have a hearing aid. I've had vertigo for the first time. I've had blackouts. I've experienced like bits of depression. What depression must be like? Because it's just like this this cloud that hangs on on the left hand side. So I, you know, it's been really tough performing through it, and they try to argue with me that you know I've still had to work. But you know, the visa I'm on, I'm on a visa, I'm on a work visa. I can't stop working. I I won't be able to survive without work, and I just have to kind of grin and bear it. And, and it's been tough. So I'm I'm in the middle of a two-year lawsuit. That's that's going on too. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens next. I mean, I know I'm not gonna sing forever. It hurts too much. It hurts my my head. Yeah. So I have to be careful. Um, so we'll see. We'll uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens next. It must be hard. Like speaking of someone who's had blackouts and vertigo myself over the like the last sort of ten years, through just through my health uh, problems. Like I find it it's hard anyway, just day to day, haven't it? But like to have it and have to try and sing and perform and do a sh- full show and remember it while you're in pain and struggling um, with it. it must must yeah. be hard, mate. It is, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm at the top. I'm singing a lot of the high stuff, so it's a lot of pressure coming to my head, anyway, with the blood coming up to my, to my, to my head, and yeah, I've never experienced this. It's the, the color goes from my eye and it goes black into a circle, and it, then it pops back out again, and, and it's, it's hard to describe because I'm an able-bodied man. I'm, I'm probably fitter than I've ever been in my life, and I'm, and I'm all right. You know what I mean? I'm not, yeah, yeah. crying on the floor, but it, I, it's, it's hard when it's inside you. It's hard to explain. Unless you you feel it yourself, you know what I mean. So it's it was a horrible injury to have. It's not a nice one as a singer. It's you know you need your hearing. Um, when I had a hearing aid, the doctor gave it to me. He, he lent it to me for for two weeks because they cost about three thousand mm. pounds, and I don't have that spare cash. Uh, so he um, I uh, he lent it to me, and um, yeah, I had it, and I was in his office, and I just I didn't realise there was a clock on the wall. And I got a bit upset because I didn't even know that it was there. And I'm like, I'm a 32-year-old man and, and I can't even hear the bloody clock on the wall. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's like, shit. Yeah. Jesus. So that was, that was a relief to have that for a while. I was like, right, I'm going to need one of these. And they're tiny. You can't see them. You know, it, it's, no. it's, it's nothing. But I don't have one now. I still I have to wait until uh, my case is finished. But um, we'll get there. Fingers crossed. 
Yeah, yeah I, I don't envy you, mate, with lawyers and uh, solicitors and that. They're a bloody nightmare, mate. I got some nice ones, so we're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love it in America, that sort of stuff uh, as well. I, I didn't even think about doing it, but uh, they, uh, one of the doctors said to me, have you got a lawyer? I was like, why? He said, well, <laughs> just sue him. So, well, you know, I can't say much more, but it, it would no, just stop yeah. going and, uh, you know, we'll have to just wait and see, fingers crossed. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like one of those things, isn't it? It's just, it's unfortunate that it's happened, but you can't do anything about it now. Do you know what I mean? So you've just well, got no, to... And, and, I th- and it's, I'm funny here. It's, you know, it's, it's a funny thing to talk about. I take CBD pills. Yeah. The, non, the non-psychoactive element of marijuana. And, you know, they should, you should be allowed to take it at home. It's, it's outrageous. You can't. It's... They, um, they sell this. I got the CBD oil now. They sell it in, um, on Albany it, Road now. So There's such a... A stigma attached to a drug oh, yeah, that, right. that you know doesn't have any deaths, doesn't have any. You know, I'm not trying to sit here and you know bang on about it, but it works. It's worked for me. It's the only thing that's helped me balance myself out is taking you know the CBD pills and the oil and stuff. And, and I don't need it all the time. Uh, and when the weather gets gets heavier, I need it then because the pressure in the air is worse and mm-hmm. it affects me. You know, externally, it kind of goes on a lot. But it's so funny. I try to tell people back home about it, and they're just not having any of it. Just not having any of it. And it's like you. There's so many things. We have a mutual friend of ours in the band who had bowel cancer, and he took CBD oil, and it did nothing but help him, and he cleared it up. And might not have been the only thing, but doesn't do you any harm. Anyway, it's it's one of those things. I think it's the one thing that, on one hand, America, you've got uh, Georgia and Alabama passed yesterday that if you have an abortion, you can get done for ten years murder. He said, so some things they do, I said this to my drummer last night, I said, you know, some things this country does fantastically well, some things you just stuck back in the 30s, and it makes oh, no yeah. But, you know, Britain's, Britain's the same, you know, we're, we're the first to judge, it's the one thing I've known since moved here, we're also bloody depressed back home, we're also, yeah. real, but we're all the first, and we all, and I, and I'm, I'm engaged to an American woman, and, it, and it's, you know, we always joke about the fact that we think they're a bit nuts, and they're always happy, and whatever, but it's, um, you know, they get a lot of things right and they get an awful lot of things wrong. The healthcare is, is not free. The, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot going on. It's very expensive to have it. And if you don't have it, you get fined. So it's one or the other. Well, that's mad. I didn't know. I knew you like you had to pay for it. I didn't know you got fined if you don't have it. Yeah, well, we just did our tax now. And, and for six, seven months, I didn't have it because I just couldn't afford it. It was an expense I couldn't afford at the time. And, and it, uh, yeah, you get, you get fined for it because you have to have it. No. I suppose, my dad. It's great because when you pay, it, it's very sort of quick, you know. It, I, it's like my mum has bupa back home. It, it's, it's that, but that's for their general hospitals. You can't visit the hospital unless, and then you've got to pay cash. So. It's my dad. I just, great, I, great. And I never, I never thought I needed it until it literally happened to me the week I moved here. <coughs> All of a sudden, I'm seeing doctors every two weeks. I'm going for MRIs. I'm going for CAT scans. And they cost $800 a pop. <laughs> Jesus, you know, that must have been weird though. The first time, like the first few times you went to the doctors over there, and like you had to pay. Yeah. That must have been so surreal yeah. moment. Like and I had the most basic medical insurance I could get. Literally, <clears throat> like um, if you are, if your body's falling apart, you're allowed to come into the hospital for free, kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I, I went to pay, use that, and I said I've got insurance. I showed them. They said, well. You're gonna to have to pay something like 180 dollars for the consultation, 
I said, how much is it if I pay cash? And it's 18. I was like, well, I'll pay cash then. Yeah, Jesus. So it's a straight, it's, you know, I can't get my head around it, but it's the only way they've ever done it. So people are very defending over yeah. it. People make money out of it at the end of the day. You know, pharmaceutical companies are uh, rich for a reason. So. Yeah, well, that's it. it's the same as uh, many things, isn't it? It's when people make lots of money from stuff, they don't want to, uh, they don't want to change it necessarily. But um, go back to the CBD oils um, stuff. So I had a car crash in 2008, which meant that I won't go into the whole story because it's really long. But like I had a few issues similar to you, actually, with the doctor did some stuff wrong. Um, and I be, I've been taking uh, like slow release morphine tablets and oxycodone tablets for the last couple of years. I switched over from morphine, but I've been taking them for like 10 years now just to be able to function in the day and move about and that and I still got to walk with a stick even after I had surgery yeah but what frustrates me about that is that they obviously you can get this CBD oil now over like the last I think it's six months or so yeah but my body has had to take like morphine and CB and um, oxycodone for 10 years like that's just not good for you even though yeah and even though I've never gone over the dosages of what I've been told to take my body's still addicted to it it's used to have, yeah, got to have it to function. Like, and that re- that's what gets me is that that I try to take the c- CBD oil now. I like I take the slow release ones, and then I try not to take the fast acting ones unless I've really got to. Like, yeah, um, and I'll take the CBD oil CBD oil instead because I just find it does a lot of the same stuff, and it doesn't make me feel shit. It's not. It's not addictive. The you know it, you can have it on levels where you don't have any THC at all. You know yeah. the pills come in. You can have literally just CBD, or you can have twenty to one, forty to one, ten to one, one to one. You know you can have as many. It's so scientific now, and it's so clean. You go into the weed shops here, and it's uh, sorry, mum and dad, and I don't want to talk with it. Um, but <laughs> go into the weed shops, and it, it's clinical. It's like an Apple store. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like it's like you're in a futuristic computer shop and, and it's it's amazing you know when, when you get the pills and the oils and stuff and it's nothing but yeah it doesn't slow you down doesn't get you high in the slightest it, it's it's just there to, to it helps with the anxious feelings it helps with anything like that it helps with depression it helps with it helped me with 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 un, un, i had a blocking feeling is what it feels like it was hanging over me and it just kind of helped didn't go but it helped me just take the edge off stage and, and be able to function you know yeah, I yeah, uh, yeah. I wish. Um... Don't worry, mum and dad. I don't do drugs. It's fine. <laughs> Got to be. Got to be. But that one's all right. We all yeah. like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's like compulsory in Wales, that, isn't it? So. So uh, you mentioned before you went on X Factor, you already sort of looking at the Vegas type deal, and you were looking towards that. Did you say you went to Toronto to do a gig? We did. Um, we sang at when we were doing cruise ships. It was it was to like help promote a company called Celebrity Cruises, one of the big cruise ships. <coughs> Pardon me. And and um, they were sponsoring a Canadian football game. So like American football, but so the rules are slightly different. It's, I don't understand yeah. why two versions anyway. Um, so we went to it was the Blue Jay Stadium in Toronto. And we were singing at half time on the pitch. Uh, so we went over to do that and we sang that there. And, and 
everything we do has got a funny story attached to it. We didn't know that it was faith day on the Sunday that we were there. They, were, they invited a bunch of local churches and, and community groups, and which is fine. It's not my bag, but, you know, it's yeah. believe in what you believe. I've got no problem with that. We sang. They, they picked the songs they wanted us to sing, and we sang Highway to Hell, which is one of the ones they wanted by ACDC. So that went down nice. well. Um, <laughs> it was their Remembrance Sunday. So I don't think it was the same day as our one. But um, either way, they had their poppies. And we had like leather jackets on. So we put them where we could, whether it was on like the pocket of our jeans or, or whatever. That they didn't like. They thought that was disrespectful as well. So we, we hopped out of Toronto. Um, uh-huh. and it was the weekend there, May. I got done for uh, crack cocaine. Um, possession and uh, spending tax money, payers' money on hookers. So he passed away in the end, bless him. He wasn't a well man, but he got done for some horrendous things. Um, so then we flew from there to Vegas to do our first gig. Uh, we ended up playing eventually over the next two years. We played the Palms. Uh, we played, um, what else did we play? We played the Hard Rock Hotel. We did the, the vinyl club that's inside there. Uh, we did... The Sands, which is it's an expo center, but it's where the old Sands, one of the famous hotels, used to be. We did that, and we played downtown as well. Um, and yeah, and eventually we did, we got offered. We were just trying to keep on remember, making sure people remembered that we were a thing, and that, you know we wanted to come here. And, and you know it's not an easy trip to hop over it's, it's as far as you can go. Oh, no. Um, so yeah, it's it's it was it was a case of just trying to keep on knocking on the door, keep on knocking on the door. We did, and you know the first couple of months was tough. It's all it's all you know, big budgets were, were spent and other people's money, and and you know I had nothing to do with any of that. But I think our oil producers kind of over budgeted or overspent what they should have. <clears throat> they tried to close us once or twice, and we managed to you know take certain pay cuts and you know do little things that we could keep it going because we were getting there. We were we were getting an interest. We were going on TV a lot. And, because we were five British guys at the time, it, it, we we're cheeky and we're good. We're talking with people. We're you know we're good on that kind of stuff, and they love they love an accent over here. They can't get enough of it. So so yeah, you know we've just moved now, and and we've done. We've been lucky to do a lot of things. We sang the anthem at the hockey games at the team of the Golden Knights games, and oh, that's mad. That we're very happy to do some really cool. We sang uh, Happy Birthday to Stanley in in the uh, Beverly Hills. We the it took four of us there to go and sing in, uh, in, a man, in um, Iron Man's Mansion, the outside shop they use. That's a house. Okay. And uh, they, we, we went there and, and sang Happy Birthday to Stanley. Bless him, he's gone now, isn't he? But, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, we've done a lot of lucky stuff. We've been very lucky. Dad, uh, Stanley, mate, that's, that's, uh, that'd be top of my list, I think. He's a sweet little old man, he is. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was very wealthy as well. You could, you could, he was just a, such a nice guy and... and um, Yes, it was it was a uh, it was a cool experience, a really cool experience. Yeah, you see, you've uh, you've had your fair share of uh, pretty awesome stuff. It's fair to say, like over the over the last few years. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we've been lucky. We've been to a lot of countries. We've been to whether it's on cruise ships or whether it's been the tours we've been doing. Um, sorry, two seconds. I'm still there. Sorry. Sorry. Oi. Sorry, my, my, my lab retriever dog is a nosy little sod. And, uh, 
I'm still wandering around everywhere. Um, yeah, we, um, yeah, I mean, the Christ, the cruise ships, we did something like, well, we, we haven't been to the North South Pole, we haven't done Africa, and we've only done a few places in South America, but pretty much all of Europe. Um, we used to do Harley Davidson festivals throughout Austria and, and, and Germany, and we toured Russia. I was interested. I was having an experience going to Moscow. It was a crazy place. Um, so yeah, we've been lucky. We've been very lucky to go to, you know, popular over to the Bahamas now and again. It's, it's, it's quite nice, you know. I'm not, I'm not yeah. Any of that, but uh, no, it's been good fun. We've been very grateful for it. We've worked hard, but you know, you have to do a lot of things for free when you're doing what we're doing. So you take advantage of those those kinds of trips and learn to not feel bad about it because singing and entertainment is one of those things. Uh, where even though it looks like we're not working many hours in the day, there's a lot of practice that goes into it. There's a lot of media stuff that goes into it. It's it's an exhausting two hours that you're putting across. You know, it, it is a full body workout when you're doing it, and um, is the training that goes into it too. And it is the always the the thing that it's one of the only, particularly in Britain, one of the only workspaces you can be in if you're in the top three percent of your game you don't get paid like it yeah so when i was in the west end i was meant to be the be all and end all you made it this is the thing that you trained to be in theater for and i've earned more money doing other jobs you know i mean it it doesn't get looked that way unless you're a tv star or in a movie it doesn't work that way so it's 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 good for some stuff and then there's others you're like yeah really worth all these hours of oh yeah this work, you know, so and that's the same with any job, I suppose. But it, you know, it, um, it's landed me here. I here, here I am. I'm, yeah, worst things could have happened. I'm not moving. I'm not winching. I promise. <laughs> so you said about the uh, like the cruise ships. When I was looking on the Tennis of Rock website, it says like on the About Me page that um, there's like uh, like an offshoot or a, like a, some branded people doing the. Ten using the Tenor Rocks, Tenors of Rock brand on the cruise ships now, is that it? Uh, there was, I don't think they're doing it anymore. For about, there was one point before we came to Vegas, the year before we came to Vegas, we had something like 22 guys out at any point that we were running. So we'd be spread out between us and we were sending them over there, sending them over there. Oh, right, that's great. We were the new thing on ships at that point, so everybody wanted us. And everything has an expiry date. So we knew that we were going to have those first two years of doing it and we were going to clean up. And then after that, people either copy, imitate, or it moves on to something else. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. Good on anybody who was going out there earning their money off of it. Carry on. For God's sake, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, it was, it was mm. fun at that point. And then you move on to something else. So it was for a while. I don't think they're doing it anymore. I don't know why, for what reason, but I think it, it kind of ran its course on those ships. We saturated them for two and a half years. Um, so there was at one point it, it branded out and we've done shows where we've been in Vegas and a few guys have gone to Dubai, they've gone to Atlantic City in uh, New York. Um, so we've still got that going on now and again when it, when it gets booked and, and if we can make it work. Yeah, I think it's definitely, um, it's, I think with en- entertainment and media stuff, TV and radio and what, it's about getting, you what, you've got to get your name out and when you first start, You've got to do stuff for free to get your name out. So if yeah, someone yeah. will have you, have you on their radio show or whatever it may be, you just got to do it because oh, you work as many eyes as you can. 
yeah, on you. Yeah, we, we got loads of luckily back in Wales when we toured with uh, I can't move in real without someone recognizing me. Um, mm-hmm. we toured with Ridian from the X Factor. Oh, it's okay. They're kind of like real and, and Aberyst with, and we did Swansea, Monmouth, Cardiff, and we did it again on our own like a year later. And we had a nice little following in Wales for a while, it was nice, and people would come and see us. And, and obviously, we're over here now, so it's a case of we, we start again, you start yeah, again, yeah. start from zero, you. You get out there, you go to the TV programs, you go up and do all that stuff you have to do. And it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work of turning up, being on it, singing at 7 o'clock in the morning for a news program. And then it's, you know, it doesn't work. My voice doesn't wake up till my voice sounds different now than it will do in six hours' time. Do you know what I mean? It's the yeah, same yeah. Way. You don't notice it unless you use it in that way. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it's been, we've been, you know, we've, we've done a lot of stuff. It's, it's, it's funny when we start to think about it. We've, we've been lucky, and we should sit down and write a book, really. But um, it's uh, it's been a hell of a journey. But uh, you know. So do you do um, do you do more than one show in a night, or do you no, just do no, one just like two hour show? One's enough. Yeah, uh, it's normally about an hour and a half, hour and twenty five minutes because there's with casinos, it's a case of if no show will last two hours apart from maybe the stars. Maybe uh, Bruno Mars, but wait, I saw Bruno Mars last week, and he only lasted an hour and fifteen minutes because they want people out on the casino floor. Yeah, of course. Yeah, anyway, buy your drinks, get your bag out again, be happy, go and spend that hundred dollars on a on a fruity, and you know, waste your money. Yeah, but it, that's how it works, you know. And so it, we've got a show after us in our theatre, so we can't run over a certain time. They have to clean the, you know, clean out. New people come in, so you can only do a certain amount when you can do it. My dogs. Shut up. Um, Betsy, come here. Um, so yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta when you're in those casinos, you got you got your time periods, you've got your frames, you've got to get through. And they get you in, get you out. It's a carousel. I mean they're only there for four days. You've got to get them in doing everything. Get them into the theatre, get them into the casino, get them into the restaurants, go and buy be by the pool and then go. It's as simple as yeah, that. they just want you spending money, don't they? They want the people spending money. So, and so when, big, you know, we've got like we've got the Raiders coming now in 2020. We've got we've got a an, a championship American fo- uh, football our football team uh, down in downtown, which we could probably get a game for. Bless them. Then hmm. uh, we've actually we did the crossbar challenge with them. We actually went and did it with them last season. They're a nice bunch of guys, and they're just starting out. It's a new franchise, so they need to like. We try to get youngsters in, and, and it's a it's an okay standard of football. It's probably around, around about like the whatever the conference is called now. I don't know what the name of it is now. Yeah, or like Isman League or whatever league. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the one that Colin Bay was in. It's like that that level. Oh, and MLS, the step up. Yeah. Got Carlos Vela and 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 Perlo running the show. Running the show. I mean, it's just like a huge gap they have in soccer here. Ugh, soccer. Jesus. Soccer. What's, yeah. ha- what's happened to you, man? Oh, no. Jesus. So, go on. But, um, be- just before we move on to football, the um, so you met your, your missus out, out in Vegas, is it, or in America? Yes, yes. We were the ultimate 21st century couple. I, I DM'd her on Instagram after seeing her do her show, and that was it. I slid in like, a, like on a water slide, and she never got rid of me. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I'd actually, uh, she got divorced from her ex-husband about three months prior to me meeting me, 
I had broken up with my ex and I actually came home for the only time I've been home for a week in three years. And she's in a, she's in a burlesque show. We were in Harrah's. We were in the showroom upstairs. She was in the burlesque show downstairs. I said, I, my words were, I want to go and see some fit girls, is what I said. So I wasn't allowed to go and see these shows beforehand. So now I went downstairs and I fell in love with her like that. And when you see no, her, you, no. you'd understand why. Um, so no, she's, yeah, yeah, she's been great. We've been together for nearly two years now. And um, no, yeah, it's great. It's, it's you know, it's, I'm going to live here now, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm engaged, I'm going to be applying for my green card, and I'm going to be able to stay here. And, you know, it's one of those things we can't wait. She's never been to Britain, never been to Wales. Um, so we're going to be coming over in about six months' time. But there's no work for me at home, do you know what I mean? There's, I've been away yeah. for two I'd have to start again. And, and there's so many opportunities, not just in Vegas, just in America as a whole. There really is, do you know what I mean? And, and particularly when you're uh, a foreigner or an immigrant like I am, but you have an accent and you have a talent and you have, you know, it, 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 there's many things you can do. And they like having people with accents. They just love it. They can't get enough of it. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't know whether we'll settle in Vegas. We love Vegas. It's, it's a great place to be. It's like I said before, it's not what you think it is unless you yeah. spend some actual time here. You come over for a week, you're going to see the strip and you're going to be hung over a lot. You see, you spend, you spend a month here, you're going to see a lot of different stuff, you know? So, but uh, yeah, yeah, we got. I proposed to her uh, on my birthday two weeks ago. Two weeks ago today. Yeah, I seen that video. Yeah, I, uh, I proposed by, that, so by the pool. As you as you say, by the pool, Why not? So, uh, so what's like? Do you have to be there for a certain amount of time to get a green card? Yeah, that depends. I mean, I I've married a citizen, so we, we well, I'm going to marry a citizen. So when we do get married, I can apply then. Oh, right. my green card through her. She'll sponsor me basically, and I'm. You get like a ten-year one, and you have to reapply and all that kind of stuff. Stop it. Um. So once we get married, uh, we can we can start doing all that. We can get our going then. So, yeah, it's uh, it just it just means I'm, I'm I get the ability to travel because once you apply, I'm not allowed to leave America until I get something called an advanced parole, which means I get like a piece of paper that says. I'm on my way to getting my green card. Yeah. And let them back in, kind of thing. Because it's all to do with how much you've got to pay. It costs, it costs quite a lot of money. So it's, it's you know, they just take it, you know, they, they take your money, they let you and they give you the card you want. Like, so it's, 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 it's hard like that. But it, you got to do, you got to do. I understand it. It's the game you got to play. And I've never yeah. tried an immigrant coming into Britain. So I have no idea what it's like. No, that's it. I don't know. You don't know what you've got to, got to go through. Exactly. So. Uh, moving on to footy then, Mitch. What um, like, do you see many Cardiff games this season on the in the on the TV and other? I've seen pretty much most of the Cardiff games on telly this year. Is there? They're all. I bet they're it's all been, on there, aren't they? More football on telly here than there is back than there's ever been on a home. I bet. Like the last day of the season, every game is on on live. Infuriating, mate. Eight channels. And it's like this is amazing. So I mean, it's early and. I know I pick and choose sometimes which ones I get up for. I'm not gonna lie, but um, yeah, on ESPN Plus uh, or is it no? It's well, one of the channels Plus. You can watch any game, so it's all, all on. It's all uh, every weekend. Um, yeah, they always have th- three games every day. They'll have one at seven. One at depends on what day. So the Sunday, like the four o'clock kickoff, is like five o'clock in the morning. One at four o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. Um, and next year. 
the Cardiff, the the online, I could watch it through the Cardiff website because I'm not in Britain. All right, okay. That costs like four quid, like five pounds or something like that. Smart, isn't it? Uh, so I don't do many of them. I might buy the season one instead of just because you know streaming it's illegal. Yeah, yeah it's but illegal. It 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 messes your computers up. Um, so yeah, I've watched a lot. I think I think I think it, it was it was one of those seasons where it, it was it's tough with everything that happened with Salah and, and you know he he would have been that fifteen goal striker we probably needed for the end of the season and. You know, it's tragic. I remember waking up reading that a plane had gone missing and I was like, oh, don't let that be that guy we just signed. No, and that's an awful thing to think as a sound. No, I know, but I know what you mean. And then I was like, oh, that's terrible. And then, you know, and then I read his account. I was like, oh, as if, as if a poor bastard signed a huge contract. Why? I think, it, I don't know what the full story, I, I did read about it, but I lost my mind. But like, you know, his agent making sure he was on a private flight instead of yeah, being on. Yeah. Sticking on easy jet and getting me here for Christ's sake. So sad. So sad. Just didn't didn't need to happen. Just didn't need to happen. No, not at all. 19, that did not need to happen. And you think, like, he's worked his whole life to get that that contract and get that big move, and it's just gone. Yeah, listen, we would have been a stepping stone. We would have been gone on to someone else, and and we know that, and I've got no problem with taking on players who are going to be a stepping stone onto a bigger club. But, you know, to not even get him in a top, you know, it, that's just so sad for his family, for everyone. I know we all move on at the end of the day and, and, and you will remember, but it, it doesn't affect us like it affects his family. And, you know, that's, that's, it's just awful. It's just awful. And I just wish this contract stuff was being played behind doors. I think it's... It's not a good look, is it? We don't need to see that. You know what I mean? It's their family. don't need that played out in, in, in the press. And, you know, you never know what's, what's real in the press these days. You don't know what to believe and what, what not to believe. And it's just not a nice situation to see play out in public, you know? No, it's not, it's not a good look at all. And I think, um, I think a lot of it is the insurance company is like, at the end of the day, Cardiff are beholden to what the insurance company says. And if the insurance company says the contract's not valid or whatever, or it's not, you know, legally binding or whatever they say, like they kind of, have to go with that now could they pay it anyway and just be done with it probably but it you know either whatever happens i i agree with you it should be done it's tough so, i just think about his family and and you know then his dad passed away oh i know you know what was it a month ago a couple of weeks ago and you think what an awful year for that family i mean yeah kind of what it must be like but and then do they need to be seeing that in the in the newspapers every day just, just constantly, them, like another for them, clearly. In it, but that aside, I think I think um, I love Warnock. I always wanted him to be one of our managers. He's, he's up, he's up with, with one of those guys you you hate when he's somewhere else, but you love him when he's yours. I think he's better than Sam Allardyce. I think he's a better um, bloke as, as overall, as we saw with that bungs that Sam Allardyce took. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think. I'm glad he's staying because I wouldn't want anyone else to come in and try and get us up who doesn't know the championship, but he needs to spend with the next manager in mind, not how maybe how Neil Warnock would spend. Because when you buy someone like Bobby Reid and he, he doesn't get to play. That's a problem. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I think 
great loan signing or Camarasas, one of the I know, I never got to see him live, but to see him when I watched, he's looked like one of the best technically technically gifted players we've ever had. Yeah. And the only person I can remember thinking of, I remember I'll always stick with me. I, my dad would say the same thing. When we had Gary O'Neill on loan from Portsmouth all that time ago, he only played like oh, six yeah. games. He only played like six games at home. And he was one of the best players I've ever seen live. I've never seen anything like it. I was like, this kid is unreal. He's only small, he was tiny, but he was like he was doing exactly what we needed at that point in Division One or Division Two, or Division Two we were in the time. <clears throat> so you know, I think they they need to yeah, hope I'm, I'm going to assume they're going to get back. I, I, if they can do a Burnley, I don't see why not. I think I've watched a bit of the championship as well. I got a lot of my mates. One of my best mates is a Middlesbrough fan, and, and it's getting quicker. So I'm not sure if the team we had last year back down there would have done as well this year because they had. You know, you look at some of the boys, like even the Welsh boys, like Tom Lawrence and Harry Wilson, and we haven't got it. Apart, you know, well, you know, Mendes Lang has scored a few like that, but Harry Wilson scored them week in, week out. We didn't have anyone to take free kicks this year. Who was taking free kicks and scored some? Nobody. I'm not asking for Peter Whitten back because he's, you know, I, I disagree with some people on him. He, he, he was past it for me after the end. He was yeah. Too slow, way too slow and didn't run enough. But his dead ball was incredible. We haven't had anyone since. Before that, he was having that. Then he was Whitten, you know, um, and then when you don't have people like Chopra or Bothroyd or Ernie or anyone like that, we haven't had that. One player. That's what we struggled with this year when Patterson was playing up front. Good job, scored a few goals. I'm not going to deny that, but you shouldn't be relying on what is a right back. Yeah. So that's the, yeah. Tough, the tough balance between loving him, Warnock, and thinking if he's got 15, 20, 25 million to spend, who the hell is he going to spend it on? Yeah, I think he. You um... brought Camarasa in and Harry Arthur, and hopefully we can get that kind of player because we need three midfield players at the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need we need a goal scorer desperately desperately need a constant goal scorer in that league well, speed is what kills in that league simple as that yeah the most yeah. Inf- most infuriating thing with Bobby Reed is that every time he did start he was very very good and even you've seen in the last couple of games of the season he was very very good and he gave us something that no one else gives us with these little balls behind the full backs and inside the defenders Hmm. Well, that and, Fulham game, you know, he dominated that Fulham game at home. You know, he, yeah. he, he you know, and I'm glad because I hate Fulham. Fulham are one of my hated clubs in the world. I can't stand that football club. We sang, well, we got asked to sing on their pitch, right? Last game of the season, 2015, I think it might have been, before we came to Vegas, 14 earlier than that, 14 maybe. And Adidas was doing a new campaign. And they wanted a, a band to record. Uh, they do Take Me Home, Craven Cottage, that shite. Can't even sing, it makes me feel sick. Um, so, <laughs> if you come up with something that's a bit different, anthemic, you know, you're all football fans, you do that, and, you know, we're going to get the end of the season, and you're going to, um, we're going to give you loads of gear, loads of Adidas stuff, so yeah, sounds great, sure, why not? No, we're all football fans, you got myself, I'm a Cardiff fan, uh, Jimmy's a Man City fan. My brother's whoever's winning. Um, <laughs> Tom, Tommy's an Everton fan. Uh, you know, so we're all we're all different. Lots of clubs in our band, and um, none of us clicked that this was going to be an awful idea to do. Because I've been, I going away was my favourite thing to do. Going going to away games, even back in the naughty days, was was good fun. Yeah. Watch. 
you were part of me, just stood back and I've um, got a QPR away and, and been throwing fireworks at me and all that kind of crap. It was great fun. Loved it. Loved every yeah. minute. Change any of it. Don't advocate it, but it was good fun. Um, but we were there going there. It was like, this would be good fun. Now we went out of Liverpool. It was the last game of the season and the pitch was being up for, uh, nominated for pitch of the season because it was like, it was beautiful. It was, it was cool. It looked like a, a putting green. It was beautiful. Mm. Liverpool were, I think, qualified for the Champions League for the first time in a few years or whatever, or whatever it was. They were in the top four. They were, you know, they were winning the league and they never will. <laughs> um, but uh, it got to half time and they told us, they managed to tell us that you have to mine. They said, there's only one microphone that works. So you have to mine. <laughs> it was like, oh, here we go. So we walk out and they only had SF58s, which are like the cable microphones. They're really small. Yeah. So they made us hold them at the end to make them look like wireless microphones. It's really embarrassing. So we walk out and kind of like football, kind of like, what, what's all this about? Like, yeah. as soon as I walked out, I was like, this is a bad idea. This is an absolutely terrible idea. The Cardiff fan in me came out and went, I would be booing them. I'd be booing them straight away. So like, who are these idiots walking on the pitch? <laughs> it works. At, we've done rugby games. We've done American football games. We've done college, ice hockey. It works at all those. Football doesn't work. We knew pretty quickly. So Jimmy went to speak on the one microphone that was live. There was an actual microphone. I wanted to say congratulations to the Liverpool fans because the uh, justice for um, for Hillsborough had just been, they just won that court case. That just yeah. And he went to say, he said, congratulations, Liverpool. And then the microphone cut out. Oh, no. We didn't hear what he said next. So the Fulham fans just thought he was praising the Liverpool fans for whatever reason. So we start to sing this song and then we find out they don't like, uh, who's the owner? Um, uh, Fireheads, uh, wasn't it? Fireheads, yeah. So the song's about him, right? And that's one of their songs they used, apparently we were told they sing a lot. I mean, they don't, they barely sing, they have those silly clapper things. But they, they, they were like, oh, we've got some rough fans here. It's like, oh, we'll be all right. It's full of, you've got a mixed away end, like you'll be fine. Um, and when we were on the halfway line and we start, it starts playing, you see this group of guys to my right by the touchline, about about six or seven of them going, you fucking you Welsh, all this stuff going on. And I thought at this point, they were getting close to getting on the pitch. So I was like, I put the microphone in my pocket mm -hmm. and went, come on then. Come on. <laughs> it's like, you're the one who's going to get banned, not me. And anyway, it didn't go down well. Uh, we we, ended, <laughs> we, uh, we got out of there pretty, pretty quick. Um, one, Liverpool, one Liverpool fan. Have you been to Fulham? We've been to Craven Cottage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way in that, it's sort of like quite that big bank. And he ran down the stairs. He came down and he went, what the fucking hell was that? That was fucking shite. So we were like, thanks, everybody. And we walk out. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I then decided to troll us. For probably about a year and a half on Twitter. And then we went on X Factor. So then he was like, oh, these fucking wankers are back. These are the worst people. They got. They, oh, he just went off on one. It was like, this guy's just not leaving us alone. He just wouldn't leave us alone. So I don't Stalker. like I don't like Fulham. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, th I think it's going to be an interesting summer. I'm excited for it. it. It's nice to go down this time and not feel depressed because we were in the wrong colour last time. We were... The whole club was a mess from top to bottom. Mm. I used to blog about Cardiff in the day. I used to write for view for the Ninian guys and I yeah. used to do stuff for them. And 
it was just depressing. Do you know what I mean? It was just wrong. I went on all the marches. It, it was tough. And I got a few friends who don't who don't go to Cardiff or don't even pay any attention to Cardiff anymore. This guy. I yeah. still pay attention, but I don't go. Which is fair enough. And there's one guy who literally doesn't even like say they exist. And and it's like it's hard when it's it's been in there for so long. Mm. You know, it, it's a hobby at the end of the day. That's what it is. You, you've got to break it down. I mean, you could be the most hardened football fan in the world, but it is it is literally a hobby. And for me, it was a case of, I like watching football games, and if I'm going to watch anyone, I'm going to watch Cardiff. Yeah. So, you know, when I watched, I went to Chelsea away, I went to a couple of home, and it was crap. You know, it was just like, mm. even as just a social experiment to experience it, I went, yeah. all the I went to all the meetings, and it was like, you know, it's still my club. I'll be here after anyone's. They, I'll still be the one who likes them longer than any owner that comes in or goes. So it was interesting season this year. It was a lot nicer. And yeah, I, think, I even though I didn't go and I wasn't able to go to anything, it was it was pretty clear to me that everybody was behind what they were trying to do. And I think I think as much as he can make amends for what happened, I think Tan and Mehmet Dallin and all that. I think they've done as much as they can to try and claw that back. And a lot of the pain has been done, the damage has been done already, so a lot of people won't. But there's new generations of people. The people who used to go when I was 10, they don't go anymore anyway. No. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's, it, the kids come through and, it, and, and it's only, only, only going to grow the fan base. Do you know what I mean? It's only going to... They had a decent season. I think they, we were told we were going to be the new um, derby. We were only going to get eight points. We were only going to, you know, Chris Sutton, that idiot, was mouthing off before he even kicked the ball. Um... But they done well, you know. If it wasn't for that result against Chelsea and 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 the draw at Huddersfield and you know that Fulham game away, with they they just lay down and let them beat them, you know they were crap. Yeah, we would have stayed up. But there you go. It happens. It'll be interesting. I hope they don't do what Swansea had done and and just like sat mediocre in, in mid table. And it's going to be a big season to try and hopefully buy right. Yeah, um, they got to they got to um, got to get the right players in and I think young and uh, quick is the w- the way they need to go oh, they, need a, they need a striker though badly yeah absolutely 100% but it'll be interesting to see what happens I think he, he's what Neil Warnock's done since he came in is, is nothing short of a miracle to be fair to him oh we yeah were, definitely we were bottom third, second from bottom whatever it was we were right down the bottom and, and you know we if we'd had those runs of results the whole season we would have won the league you know, it, it, it's incredible what he did, and, and yeah, he's that kind of guy. And I think he, I think he looks like he loves the place. I think mm. that's pretty, yeah. And I think also- I, I thought he was going to go. Um, I got to be honest. I thought the Salah thing took it out of him, and I thought if we stay up, he's going to go. But I think I always thought that if we went down, he'd probably stay because I think he's confident that he'll get us back up. But I, uh, I spoke to a QPR. I did a show with a QPR fan this morning. And um, like he's like quietly optimistic about next year. He doesn't think he just thinks as long as they stay up and they finish mid table, he'll be happy. But they've got some cracking youngsters. Yeah. And I said, makes I said when Warner come in, that's what we all said was that we just wanted to stay up and mid table, nice and not stressful, yeah. no relegation. And if we get towards the playoffs, great. And then we ended up going up. So I mean. It's such a weird league that anyone can beat anyone on any day. And that's I think that's league. what makes it so good. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
you look at you look at Leeds. You know they bossed that league this year. They were easily the best team in that league. I've only seen bits of them. I can't stand Leeds, but like my mate again, he's a Middlesbrough fan. He's like, yeah, they they were easily the best team. Oh yeah, big that time. Team, right and centre, and then they they bottled it again. <laughs> Always. Yeah, oh, Jesus. They got <laughs> and they're going to lose their best player, best uh, what's his name, Dan 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 James is going to United as well. Young Welshman who's really good. Oh, that's great. What's a Cardiff fan? But that's alright. Uh, that's uh, that's that's the way. What um. What do you think of Giggs then? Uh, do you reckon he's the man for the job, or do you think he won't last? I think it's going to be, I think it's it's a it's an interesting one. I I just very lucky to have gone. I went to the Euros. I went to as many games as I could at the time. It was a case of we um, we basically I was travelling around at the time, and I was I when we qualified. I went to all my, went to most of the qualifiers. I just wanted um, to experience one game of the Euros. I wanted to go. I've seen a score. Well, one thing I said to my dad, I want to see a score a goal. That's all I want to do. I don't care how we do. I don't think we've got an open else chance. So we've done well with what we got. Just we got experience. A one star. we got Ramsey sitting behind him and, and Alan. And, you know, we just got to go from there. And the kids, run, you know, and all the really good youngsters we had. So I, I originally couldn't go to that first game in Bordeaux. And... Um, my mates who I go to Cardiff with are all from uh, there, they and they and they're like, well, listen, we got a ticket. If you can get yourself to France and you're free, you can have this ticket. I was like, all right. So I, at the moment, I'm meant to be going away on a ship. We were travelling, whatever. Anyway, for one reason or another, that got cancelled. So I was like, right, I am going to Bordeaux, come hell or high water, and I've flown a lot. So I, was like, I don't care how I get there. I don't give a shit how long it takes me to get there. I'm going. So I flew. From, I got a bus from Cardiff to London. I flew from Heathrow or Gatwick, whatever it was, to Athens. And then I was in Athens airport for about seven hours. I flew from Athens to Bordeaux. And I was straight then to meet them at whatever pub. Well, by the time I landed, I was like, Dad, book me a hotel. I'll give you the money. Just find me somewhere to stay, a B&B or somewhere, so I can just yeah. go bag off and I can go straight to. The game was the day after, I think. I can't remember what day the game was. So that whole experience was was insane. Like being at a tournament, and like for instance, wearing red at a tournament. I've never done. I've never done that. I've never done that. I've never been to any apart from the internationals at home. I've never been in a. It's always like the FA Cups and the Carling Cups have always been with Cardiff. So it's always been yeah. That tournament feeling has always been with Cardiff. So it was like a different feeling to be around Welshmen everywhere. You know, it was thousands and thousands of us there, and we. Did you get to go over? Did you go over at all? I didn't. I couldn't. My health was nowhere near. Of course, good yeah, health, of but, uh, but yeah, uh, I, uh, I was with them, and we were like, we were up in the, we were in the top tier. Great view, though. All the stadiums were lovely. Where I went to, and I was like, if we just, and they nearly scored, you know, really quickly, and and I was like, oh, here we fucking go now. This would be a disaster. <laughs> no, never mind the fact we had England to play, um, but we. Yeah, when, when Bale had that free kick and, and I got, still got a video of it on my phone. One of the boys filmed it. Like, I never film anything anything like that, but one of the boys filmed it. And I'll keep that for the rest of my life. That was one of the... I'll hopefully tell my... Probably my American son who's going to wear a top of well shirts. Um, you know, it was just the most incredible feeling. It was mm. it was up there with the Peter Whitten and free kick at Leicester, that playoff. That was the, the same kind of... The ground was moving underneath me. Yeah. It was amazing. And... and the whole thing, though, then to win and the whole night out was just 
I've never experienced anything like it. And then I was traveling then for the rest of the tournament, apart from the semi-final. I went to the semi-final. But we were, I was in, I watched us beat, I watched us lose to England in, in Turkey. I watched, <laughs> what was the next game? Who did we beat next? Russia, I watched in Mykonos. Uh, we were all at Manila. The Belgian game was four o'clock in the morning in Manila. We were all, we were all in, in the hotel room. We had, we were told we had to do some photos the day after, which turned out to be for the billboards for the bloody show out there. At the time, we thought it was just some social media stuff. So I'm like, cool, I'll just do it and then go to bed afterwards. We get like a couple of bottles of Jack. We had loads of beers. We just got in and we're like, we're going to watch this, all of us together. Again, never thought we'd have a hope in that. But then sneaking in, he's like, oh, we've beaten them once. We can beat them again. Maybe we can beat them again. And that was incredible. That, that game was mm. I, I just worry. I worry if gigs can create the same kind of boys on tour feeling that it's, that it's clear that they had. Yeah. Every, I've watched with them are talking about that. Um, I still haven't been able to see Don't Take Me Home. I've never got to watch it. I need to try and find really it. Really good. Really yeah, good. I, it's pretty clear to me that they had like a lads on tour stag weekend feeling for the whole thing. I think that's what kept them together the whole time. I think it's going to be interesting to see because he's a star in his own right. Whether he's, I don't know. I don't know. I always had a bit of a grudge against him for not turning up, having Fergalitis, as we used to call it, you yeah. know. And, but they played well. They won that first game. That was an important one to to, to win. It was sloppy, but they, they, they did it. And, and I think Bale, I think he desperately needs Bale to find a new team. Yeah, he needs to find I somewhere. I, hope it's not him, I don't want him to come back to the Premier League. He needs to stay away playing nice, fluid football elsewhere. It's not. He needs to be the star of whatever team. Mm. Um, I'm glad Ramsey's going to Juventus. I think it's a great move for him. Oh, yeah, and the really, pace really of football really over there is a bit slower, but I think he'll be able to boss those midfields. I think he'll have a whale of a time sitting in the middle, pinging balls out all over. I think he'll. And I think Arsenal fans haven't enjoyed, haven't, haven't looked after him well enough. I think they've no. been. They treat him like crap, to be honest with you. And I, and I, I don't understand why, because he's one of their best players. They've had, what was it, five million they bought him for? Yeah. 18 or whatever the hell it was. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. I think, I, hopefully he's got that team around him, because uh, Osan Roberts is still there, and you know, he's still got the, the backbone of what was the Welsh management team I think it's going to be interesting he looks passionate enough he looks like he's enjoying it he looks like he's being Welsh for the most part mm. um, the one good thing is he's got a lot of good really really top youngsters yeah. so if he can get them believing in what he wants to do I think he's got a good chance but I think he's got to show them that he's got the dedication and the the passion to to want to carry on where they've seen, you know, it's different now to where when he played, where Wales had never qualified for a tournament because those they've seen Bale and Ramsey. The pressure, the pressure was on that year, you know. They've yeah, they've seen, and then not only did they qualify for the tournament, they went to the semi final. So those young players have seen that now. They need to drive feel, on. Yeah, they need to drive on. It was interesting. I remember, I remember the Israel game at home. If we won that, we were we were going to qualify, and and the pressure was was absurd. You know, it really was. And I, yeah, you could feel after five minutes, like this is not going to happen today. You, no. you like, nah, they're not going not going to bottle it, but just like it was just too just, much mm. to go away and and to do it. 
you know, away from home and I like the results elsewhere go our way too. And it was just, you know, kind of the right way to do it. Um, a bit scrappy, but I don't know. I think they, he's moved players around. He's changed the formation a lot. I think he played the youngsters when he needed to that last game. He played no need to put the, it was, it was a nothing game. You know what I mean? It, it was what it was. And they did well, you know, it was a uh, feel sorry for the fans in Wrexham, not seeing the big players, but it was good for the well, the youngsters to get out and, and, it was always that extra game. Do you mean they were never going to play? So yeah, yeah it, do you know what I mean? Though, if Bale gets injured in that game and then can't play in the exactly. qualifier, exactly, he'll get slated. So he can't but win. Can't I read, win. I read the other day that apparently they're going to drop him to the under twenty threes or something in Real Madrid if he doesn't find a new club. So I don't know what the one and what he's done wrong. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but he hasn't been very good this year. But but um, they've never given him the credit. Well, well, when Zidane was there last time, he was, you know, they wouldn't have won the games they, 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 no. without him. And, and I think that new, the other manager they had didn't like playing him for whatever reason. No. Liked Isco and liked the younger boys, the younger, I can't think of the kids' names, you know, like 17. But, you know, it's, people have a go at him and you're like, he's, he's, he does get injured because he, he's, he's so quick. you got to think of those muscles in his hamstrings are so tight. Oh, yeah, man. Long boy, you know what I mean? He's a, he's a tall kid as well and, and, I don't know. He needs to go somewhere where he's loved next, but he needs to be that that number one player. He needs to be the Ronaldo, because he's got he's got he needs to be that that striker up the middle. He does. He can't be out wide. He needs to be up top. Give him the ball and let him do what he does. Because he's still got it. He's you know he's young. How old is he? Yeah, 20, he's, he's twenty nine, I think. Nine. He's got another four years yet. You know what I mean? He's yeah. I don't know where he'll go. Well, the other the, the, there's. Surely, I think Tottenham have to have the option first. I think that's part of his contract. I don't think they'll pay their money, though, mate, to be honest. I don't think they'd pay him his wage or the fee. I think he'll end up going to Man United, I do, and Pogba will go to Madrid. If Solskjaer is still the manager, that would be a terrible move. Because that man is a fraud of... Oh, he's terrible, mate, isn't he? It was so funny when he went to United and then he won, like, they won like eight in a row. Because like, he got a new manager. It's not because of yeah. him. They just don't. They didn't like Mourinho anymore, and and then all of a sudden, Cardiff showed how to play football. It was it was, <laughs> yeah. He, he's a fraud. Uh, he's and that's the only thing that would worry me about Dan James going there too. Even though Solskjaer likes his youngsters, he's not a good manager to to, to learn under. He he, Dan James should go to someone like Everton or or Wolves or someone who's got, who's got a bit of flair. They got a bit of they got you know. Look at Wolves. They didn't they didn't. Hellishly good this season, like really, really well. Like, one well, of the best any promoted teams have ever done, I think. Mm. You know, they picked some quality football. I don't like them as a football club, but you know, it's great stuff. But then, if he plays every week, Dan James, and that's what I want as a Welsh football fan, I want him playing, not coming on for Lingard or, or, yeah. well, you know, I, I don't want him, you know, I don't want him sitting behind an English player because I want him playing. Yeah, saying that, I think, um, my. Mike Phelan is uh, he's a really good assistant manager and they got um, a couple of good coaches behind Solskjaer so I wouldn't mind too much if he goes there because I think he'll play they need at least one winger if not two so I think he'll play and also I think Solskjaer will be gone by Christmas anyway so he'll be back, you know. back a mould soon yeah in the pub league I think that's his that's his level we went to see um one of the best away games I've ever been to. Well, I say it's away. It was in there. We went to see Bromby play. We had a night off in Copenhagen, 
about two, three, or about four, five years ago. And we're just looking around what to do. And Copenhagen is a beautiful city. And we look, oh, it's a football game. Let's go down to. We looked them up and they're bonkers, right? These fans, mm-hmm. they're nuts. Not, not a massive crowd, probably about 14,000, but it was like the, the, the terrace then, what would be the Grange end, I suppose, behind the goal. You can drink on the, on the terrace. They got flares. They got, and it was one of the most fun I've had in a long time in a football game. It was incredible, really good fun. And I followed them ever since, and they're crap as well. But, you know, you keep an eye on them. But, um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting. He, he needs to qualify in this Nations League. You know, it, if he doesn't qualify from that, then, then you know, it'll... Uh... Yeah, it's going to be a struggle then, won't it? Yeah, have you seen Joey Barton might be going to Swansea? Is he? I, I read that yesterday. They've been... They've been Match talking. made in heaven. Jesus Christ. Only one they manager just... gets arrested for assaulting someone on the way out. Anyway. Jesus Christ, yeah. They deserve each other. Um... <coughs> right, buddy. Thank you for joining me. Of course, mate. Really, really appreciate it. We had no a few te- technical issues, but we got through uh, no worries, pretty, mate. pretty well then. Uh, we so you can go to the Tennis Rock website, which is www.tennisrock.com, and you can follow Dai on Twitter, which is what? Uh, I am Dai, D-A-I underscore R1927. And, and what's uh, the Tennis Rock one? Tennis Rock is just te- at Tennis Rock. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Dai Richards, T-O-R on there as well, so... There you are. Right. And you can follow us on at acecast underscore nation. Subscribe on YouTube and uh, follow us on Facebook up to like 3,000 followers or something. Ludicrous like that. Uh, cheers, buddy. No worries, bud. Good to see you. Right. Thanks, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.